Well, the two cases together, the the seven and eight, uh, and in my chapter in the um, catalog is it's called mediation and imagination. So I think of case seven as as primarily the mediation case, although these things go together, of course. And case seven shows a number of examples of how the Shakespeare book transformed in the 19th century. Um, we have some facsimiles. Uh, of course, you're looking at the original books in the, in the other cases, which is pretty cool to see just across the, uh, across the exhibition space. But in the 19th century, um, the facsimile could take advantage of photography as, as a new technology. And so people were seeing for the first time books from the past that had been photographed in their entirety and reproduced using photography and lithography and other related methods. And this was something new to them. This was something new to 19th century eyes. So that's an example of the kind of mediation that um, we are very used to now through digital images. It's, it's very easy to just find a digital image of the Shakespeare first folio in different copies. Um, but this was new in the 19th century. And a number of other things were new as well. There um, technologies like chromolithography and color printing. Uh, you know, there have been experiments with color and printing in various forms, but chromolithography in particular was a technology that allowed color to come into Victorian printing in some pretty amazing ways, some pretty garish ways, frankly, as well. Some of these, some of these things, you can just see them going nuts with the color. But uh, we have um, a couple of examples of chromolithograph books that illustrate Shakespeare. One of them is The Winter's Tale, which is just richly illustrated, and the color is, is amazing. Uh, and the other is an example of a gift book a genre of Victorian publishing that uh, in this case is called Shakespeare's Household Words, and it's quotations from Shakespeare arranged alphabetically. So it's this miscellany. Uh, it's not categorized by theme. It's uh, the arbitrariness of its alphabetical order is an example of, of Victorians and their love of information as well, of organizing it, collecting it, and presenting it in a way that humanizes it and aestheticizes it as well. There's some interesting examples of Shakespeare publishing um, one of them is uh, the the uh, William Pickering's uh, diamond type edition of Shakespeare's works. It was the smallest edition of Shakespeare's collected dramatic works that had appeared up to that point. It is tiny. It is extraordinarily difficult to read. Uh, but it was an experiment in printing and in publishing as well, because it was one of the very first examples of a publisher's binding, where the publisher uh, did the binding of the book um, at the same time. So this was this was a new form of the book that was made to reach readers. Um, another example, one of the more, um, it's almost like an invisible Shakespeare edition because it's so ubiquitous, is the Globe Shakespeare, which was uh, published in 1864. It was connected to a scholarly edition, um, the, the Cambridge Shakespeare published around the same period. But the Globe Shakespeare was a single volume collection of Shakespeare's works, and it was called the Globe Shakespeare not because of a specific reference to the Globe Theatre, which you might think, but because it was Shakespeare for an increasingly global world, or specifically a global British empire. This was the edition of Shakespeare that English civil servants often took with them as they shipped out for South Africa and India, Canada, um, other parts of, of the colonies. Um, this was Shakespeare that built a sense of British global identity, for better and for worse, uh, along with the King James Bible and these other examples of, of English cultural heritage that took book form that you could put in your trunk that went on the ship. <laughs> 